0: He is a United Church of Christ minister and director of the Center for Peace and Spirituality and University Chaplain at Pacific University. Um, He also has a passion for helping people. Uh, He's well regarded for his pastoral ministry and advocacy on issues related to homelessness, housing, and health care, and he's also a writer and a preacher. It's always uh, frightening to ask a uh, minister to uh, speak at any event. You think that you're here for a short period of time, um, but buckle up and um, get get some coffee and some dessert, and everybody will be will be just fine. Thank you, um, Annie, uh, so much uh, for inviting me here uh, to have a, a chance to spend a few minutes with you. Uh, to thank you so much uh, for the work that you do at Family Promise to try and address homelessness here in Washington County. Homelessness is an issue that I have been involved with um, in one, one, one way or another for quite a long time. Uh, when I was a, uh, a student at Sunset High School in Beaverton, some of you may be familiar with uh, the great Sunset High School Fighting Apollos, um, uh, the director of a shelter in Portland uh, called Baloney Joes came to, um, to visit. And he gave a talk to the student body and described the conditions and causes of homelessness in the 1980s when I was a student. And he talked about, at that time, the growing number of homeless men on our streets, particularly those who were working and unable to afford the high cost of housing as SRO units began to disappear in the city of Portland. Uh, the number of timber workers who we found um, on the streets as the timber industry changed here in Oregon. And he asked if anybody would be willing to volunteer at the shelter. And being an idealistic, young 16-year-old, I raised my hand and I said, yes, I I would like to do this. I would like to volunteer at Bologna Joes. But you know how it is when you're a junior in high school. Things were busy. I had a social life. I had Friends. I had classes, apparently, that I was supposed to attend, and, and I, I never made it to Bologna Joes. And a year later, he came back to Sunset High School, and he gave pretty much the same talk that he had given the year before. But at the end, he said, you know, homelessness has gotten worse in Oregon over the last year since I was here. Would you like to know why? Everybody nodded their heads, yes, we'd love to know why. And he pointed me out of the audience and he said, because people like that don't keep their commitment to help. So I went to Bologna Joe's that Saturday (laughs) and volunteered. And um, then I went to uh, Pacific University. Any of you uh, Pacific University graduates around here? I could tell by the um, shine of intelligence that was coming from... (laughs) From some of the tables, and I went to Pacific University and, um, and became more active at Bologna Joes, not less active, which my professors were um, always a bit concerned about. Uh, but I ended up staying at Bologna Joes uh, for four years, and then moved on to Outside In where I worked uh, with homeless kids, uh, worked at transition projects where I ran their alcohol and drug-free housing programs, and then helped start uh, the Goose Hollow Family Shelter before I went into ordained ministry with the United Church of Christ. And so for the last 30 now years, I've been involved in this issue for one way or another. And like my colleague from Bologna Joes 30-some years ago, I can tell you that things have gotten worse over time and not better. We used to say back in the 1980s that we could actually end homelessness, and now we spend way too much time talking about how it is that we can manage the problem of homelessness. I'm still one of those people who believes that we can end homelessness. Now, the evidence of our times would suggest that simply is not true. When I worked at Bologna Joes, homelessness was a Portland problem, but now, and you are evidence of this, it is a Washington County problem, it is a Marion County problem, it is a problem in Klamath Falls, it is a problem in Medford, it is a problem in Bend, in every corner of our state, whether we are an urban community or whether we are a rural community, it is a problem. And it is no longer a problem of single men who have lost their jobs because of a changing economy in the timber industry. Today, the majority of people, and you all know this as well as anybody, are homeless families and women with children. The average age of somebody who is living, who is homeless in America today, is 10 years old. That is a dramatic change from 30 years ago. And so the problems we face, the challenges we face are as deep and as difficult as they have ever been. And in our national politics, our national civic life, we seem to be off track on the wrong direction. My friend Julian Castro, who served as the U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in the last administration, noted the other day that when he was in office, the belief was that we shouldn't leave anybody behind in America. No child should be left behind in America. No child should be homeless. No veteran should be homeless in America. No family should be homeless in America. Nobody who is working should be homeless in America. But today, the federal government has an attitude that's, that's very, very different. They blame those who are homeless for their own situation. Even the person who is now the U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Ben Carson, says that if you are homeless, it's a problem of personal responsibility. That's simply not true in America. It's a problem of us not having enough affordable housing, of us not having an economy that works for everyone. If you work, you should not be homeless in America. If you work full time in this country, you ought to be able to afford a place to live. That ought to be a basic premise in our nation. Now, with all the stuff going on nationally, there's reason to be concerned, and I think that we can all get involved in our different ways through our faith communities and through our civic groups and through our schools to try and change the conversation. And all of you have the power, because of your work in this shelter, to help share stories, stories of success and stories of challenges that will change hearts in our country and help make things different. But there's also some good news, and I want to share that, that while our, our national conversation is moving in the wrong direction, for the first time in my work on this issue, our state and local conversations are moving in the right direction. Senator Chuck Riley is here today. Senator, would you stand up and be recognized? Senator Riley was one of those, along with other elected officials from Washington County, Clackamas County, and Multnomah County, who got our first regional approach to affordable housing passed in this last year. Our first regional approach to housing passed, and I can't tell you what a tremendous difference that will make in the lives of people who are experiencing homelessness homelessness, um, in our community. When I was at Bologna Joes, it was not at all unusual if somebody became homeless in Washington County for people in Washington County to give them a TriMet bus ticket and send them down to Bologna Joes. That was the Washington County response to homelessness. That was the Clackamas County response to homelessness. But now more and more people here in Washington County and Clackamas County are recognizing the reality that people become homeless and neighborhoods right here, and that we need to meet them where they are and provide resources where they are. And Chuck Riley's advocacy along with other leaders in this community to pass that housing bond is a tremendous testament to the change that we are seeing. Our leaders in Salem right now are debating some very important legislation to create more affordable housing units for families and for people who are working. Even to talk about the possibility of rent control in our community and how that can be used as a mechanism to make sure that housing prices don't move up so dramatically. You know, when I first left uh, Pacific University to go downtown and spend all that time at Bologna Joes, the apartment that I rented, the studio apartment, was $200 a month. $200 a month for a studio apartment. That same apartment today, which by the way, building hasn't had any work done to it, that same apartment today, $2,000 a month. So if you're if you're working in, a, in a, a job right out of college, if you're working a minimum wage job, you're not going to be able to afford the cost of a studio apartment in Portland, and that's becoming more and more true here in Washington County and in Clackamas County and in places all over our country. The other thing I want to say to you that is so important is that The faith community's involvement in this is essential, and I know that I'm preaching to the choir when I say that, but I want government to play a more active role in all of these issues because the government alone, not the private sector and certainly not the faith community, can create the housing that we need. But the faith community can play an essential role in trying to provide shelter for people, helping people develop job skills and mentoring programs that move people out of homelessness and out of poverty. And so we have a tremendous, tremendous role to play. I am what I call the um, greatest uh, commandment Christian. Uh, that means that above all else, I believe that we need to love our neighbors and love our God. And for me, that means that we love those who are on our streets, uh, no matter their situation, no matter their circumstances, and we do everything uh, possible, as Jesus preached, uh, to help the least of these uh, in society. And so faith communities can do more by opening additional shelter beds in our community while we wait for that important affordable housing uh, to be built, uh, by developing those mentorship programs, by developing jobs programs. You might think to yourself, well, it's not a lot, right? We're, we're only helping a few dozen people at a time, perhaps, and we're not, we're not actually ending homelessness by doing that kind of work. But tell that to the woman who was here just a few minutes ago whose family stayed in your shelter and is now living in housing. The transformative power of your work ends homelessness. Sometimes it might only be one person at a time, one family at a time, but that family is valuable. That family is sacred. Those children must be taken care of. So the work that you do is not small. It is tremendous, it is big, and it is much needed in our community. And so I, like I said, I am a, um, a pastor and I can speak for about five to six hours without stopping to breathe. And I, I don't want to do that for you all tonight because um, I know people are going to want to get home. You've already had your, your dessert and, and, um, and I imagine maybe there's dancing or something afterwards. I don't know. Um, uh, but I do, I do want to, to say this uh, before I leave. Let's all find ways to step up our game. Uh, As we continue the hard work of trying to provide shelter for those who are families in our community, uh, by trying to provide shelters like this without a lot of government uh, support or foundation support, we need to also look at the the larger picture and pay attention to what's going on uh, down in Salem and what's happening in our nation's capital. Uh, They're talking about getting rid of the National Housing Trust Fund in Washington, D.C., further cutting our nation's supply of affordable housing. Um, But there's good stuff happening in Salem uh, where we can try and offset some of the damage that's being done in Washington, D.C. Uh, So I invite you all through your faith communities, uh, through the denominational organizations uh, that you belong to, the social justice bodies that are oftentimes attached to that, uh, to become involved and to become advocates uh, for a country where everyone, everyone is taken care of. God bless you all and thank you so much for the work that you do.